Moses 1 in its ancient context. Moses falls to the earth. Moses 1, 9 through 11. Book of Moses Insight, number 35. Though most readers will be much more familiar with the well-known masterpiece of Michelangelo showing Adam's creation being affected by the fleetingly light touch of the index fingers of God and the reclining Adam, the version of the scene executed by Lorenzo Ghiberti above, which includes a firm hand clasp whereby the Lord can raise Adam up on his feet, is much more faithful to ancient Jewish and Christian tradition. In Rashi's commentary on Genesis 2-7, the revered Jewish exegete connects the themes of creation and atonement to the idea of standing in God's presence. Quote, God took Adam's dust from the place of the temple site, signifying his wish that Adam might gain atonement, that he might be able to stand. End of quote. In contrast to cattle, which Rashi said do not stand to be judged, in other words, are not held accountable for their actions, Jewish actions of Adam's Jewish accounts of Adam's creation specifically highlight his first experience after being filled with the breath of life, namely the moment when God, quote, stood him on his legs. According to Aviva Zornberg, it is the ability to stand in the presence of God that one specifically demonstrates the attainment of full majesty and strength. Medieval artistic convention makes it clear that Christ was imagined by at least some Christians as raising the dead to eternal life by the same gesture that was used to create Adam and stand him on his feet in Ghiberti's sculpture. Similarly, we note the Old Testament literary formula that nearly always follows descriptions of miraculous arrivals from figurative or literal death with the observation that they, quote, stood up on their feet, end of quote. More generally, in Christian iconography, this gesture is used in scenes representing a transition from one state or place to another. For example, a depiction at the church of Saint Marco, San Marco in Venice shows God taking Adam by the wrist to bring him through the door of paradise and to introduce him into the Garden of Eden. Another Christian scene shows God taking Adam by the wrist as he and Eve receive the commandment not to partake of the tree of knowledge. Likewise, scripture and pseudepigrapha describe how prophets such as Enoch, Abraham, Daniel, Ezra, and John are grasped by the hand of an angel and raised to a standing position in key moments of their heavenly vision. Significantly, Jewish writings tell of how Adam lost the divine ability to stand through his taking of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. For example, in an account that plays on the nuances of the Hebrew terms for standing, we read, quote, Before the sin, Adam could hear God speaking and stand on his legs. He could withstand it. In other, in other Midrash, God says, Woe, Adam, could you not stand in your commandment for even one hour? End of quote. It is by being raised by the hand to the upright position that we are made ready to hear the word of the Lord. It is no mere coincidence that before heavenly messengers can perform their errands to Ezekiel, Daniel, Paul, Alma the Younger, and Nephi, they must first command these seers to stand on their feet. As biblical scholar Robert Hayward has said, You stand in the temple. You stand before the Lord. You pray standing up. You can't approach God on all fours like an animal. If you can stand, you can serve God in his temple. If you are stained with sin, you cannot stand in his presence. Moses falls to the earth. With the context above in mind, we are ready to understand the significance of the fall and raising of Moses and Abraham. Hugh Nibley describes what happened to Moses following his initial divine encounter. Quote, as soon as we leave the prologue in heaven, we find Moses in the dark. The presence of God withdrew from Moses, and his glory was not upon Moses. The lights go down. As he was left unto himself, he fell to the earth. Remember, Joseph Smith says, quote, I found myself lying on my back. I had no strength. 
It's the same thing here. So as the play opens, we have Moses lying there in the dark and dreary world, all alone and out cold, the picture of helplessness. He's reached the bottom, end of quote from Nibley. Consistent with Nibley's description, the table above describes how both Moses and Abraham experienced a fall to the earth that left them vulnerable to the will of the adversary. Abraham is reported as saying, quote, I fell down to the earth, for there was no longer strength in me, closely resembling the description of Moses 1, where we are told that he, quote, fell onto the earth and lost his natural strength. While modern readers might easily skim over the description of the fall and the raising of the two prophets, thinking of it as little interest, it was clearly a significant event for the ancient illustrator, who found it important enough to include among the six passages he highlighted with visual depictions. The drawing depicts Abraham being raised up out of sleep, or perhaps death, by the hand of Yahuwah, who, using the right hand, lifts him firmly by the wrist. The rays emanating from the hand of God impart the spirit of life, recalling the creation of Adam when God breathed the breath of life into the first man and he became a living soul. Nibley describes what happens next, quote, As Moses begins to receive his natural strength, he pulls himself together and he says to himself this great truth, Now for this cause I know that man is nothing, which thing I had never had supposed. He has seen what is up there and he has seen what is down here. That's the end of that act. A new scene is when a new character enters. Now the play begins because you have to have an antagonist and a protagonist in a play. Now Satan enters the scene. Notice when the hero is at his lowest, when he is the most helpless, that is the time when Satan strikes. Satan does not play fair. In the next insight, we'll describe how, in a remarkably similar fashion, Moses and Abraham defeat Satan. <laughs>